to get it in. Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! He got it! Throws one up in the air. Smith caught it for the win. Got it! An improbable Summer League opening victory for the Houston Rockets. We're here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast. And, of course, I'm your host, LaShar Binkley. And, as usual, you can find me on work on SB Nation or the Dream Shake. And you can find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And as you saw in the opening there, um, as you hear every opening, we have a Jabari Smith game winner. And now we have a new Jabari Smith game winner as he finished off a 33-point night uh, as the Rockets pulled out a win, 199 on that Jabari Smith uh, .6 second. Uh, game winner, not even a second, uh, 0.6 uh, second three-point uh, game winner by Jabari Smith, uh, which capped off probably one of the better summer league games I've ever seen because um, usually they're usually a dud like the one we saw with San Antonio, but that's a whole other story. But before we get too far into that, I want to give my co-host Vader a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, it's Vader. Uh, you can find me at Vader underscore H-Town on Instagram and also Twitter. For your Rockets related news, uh, also a little bit of Astros, a little bit of text and stuff. And we have, yeah, and we have two special shows actually today. We've been pretty busy today. Uh, We have a great show coming out tomorrow uh, where we were able to talk to Nate Griffin of Fox uh, 26, a longtime Houston sports broadcaster. Uh, That was a great show. A lot of old school Rockets talk, some even some Houston Oilers talk, some Astros talk. So that'll be releasing tomorrow. So make sure you uh, definitely check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the page and that notification so you will know when great videos like that come out. Um, so definitely make sure you check that out because that was a great show. Uh, but of course, on today's show, on this show, we're going to be talking about uh, the great summer league game that happened last night, where, as I mentioned earlier, the Rockets were able to pull off the victory 100 to 99 off that improbable game winner by Jabari Smith, who finished with 33 points and had uh, <laughs> probably the best second half of his entire career, even though we know it's summer league, but it was still night and day compared to his first half that he had where he was definitely struggling and struggling and he seemed out of place at times, but he completely flipped the script in the second half, finished with 33 points. But of course he wasn't the only player that had a great game. Tari Eason doing Tari Eason type things. He was playing. He only knows how to play one way and that's, 100 miles per hour. He does it every single game, no matter if it's practice, rec league, driveway, doesn't matter. Tari Eason, you know he's always going to play hard. He finished with a double-double last night. Of course, that absolutely ridiculous pass he made um, from midcourt to Jabari Smith right on the right on the nose. I mean, you can't make a, a better pass than that. You won't see a better pass on Sundays. It's coming uh, NFL season. So he had a great game. And, of course, I can't forget Amin Thompson, who unfortunately went down with an ankle injury and is probably not going to play the rest of the summer league. But he had a, you know, a great debut. He stuffed the stat sheets. He he put up points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He had offensive rebounds. He was even one for one from three-point range. So he's going to finish summer league. Hey, he's going to finish summer league perfect from three-point range. So I think Rockets fans will absolutely take that. But definitely uh, it was kind of disheartening seeing him injured at the end of uh, the game where he's not going to be able to play any more games in summer league. At least that's what we think right now. But hey, if this was his only summer league game, you can't ask for much more from Amin Thompson, especially going up against Scoot Henderson, who was drafted right before him. And 
And Scoot Henderson also went out with an injury, if I'm not mistaken, a shoulder injury, and he had a great first quarter. But after that first quarter, he only scored two points before he went out. But Almond Thompson didn't back down at all and had an absolutely great uh, summer league debut, exactly what Rockets fans and I'm sure all the Rockets, his Rockets teammates and uh, the co- uh, head coach was there, Rafael was there, everybody was there, and I'm sure everybody was happy from what they saw from Almond Thompson. So uh, I kind of wanted to start there, Vader. What was kind of your overall impressions of this game? Um, we know it's summer league. We don't. We know you're not supposed to overreact, but there are some things that you can actually absolutely take from this game and and kind of expand out to the regular season what you would hope to see from these players. Yeah, it's funny you say that because somebody like just DM me on Twitter telling me, "Oh, it's just summer league. Stop overreacting." No, that's what <laughs> let me let me live. Like, you can <laughs> let me react. be happy for once. <laughs> yeah, you can react. Yeah, you can react to the game however you want to react. Uh, me, I'm gonna enjoy good things when they happen. So yeah. even if it's just summer league, I'm like excited about some of the stuff I saw. I'm gonna start with Jabari just because of the fact that he had such a horrible first half. I think he had four points. And um, I was actually at a at a watch party and uh, the mood was kind of like it was down. I'm not going to lie to you. The, everybody was kind of concerned because just the night before or a couple nights before we saw like Keegan Murray drop like 40 points. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we know uh, Jabari had a had a bounce back towards the end of last season. But, you know, you're out there against guys who, you know, some of those guys are going to play in the NBA and then you're also playing against some guys who are like fringe NBA players. And so for him to only have four points, it was a little concerning. Um, just like I said, just because of like you want him to go out and be like, hey, this is why I was in you know discussions to be the first pick in the draft last year. But the second half, oh, my goodness, like <laughs> he looked like um, I mean, he looked like everything that he was advertised to be in that second half. He finished with 33 points. And like you said, he and like you saw at the, at the uh, introduction, he knocked down a huge game-winning three-pointer. And so, like, if that's going to be his thing, if he's going to be, like, a clutch shot maker, big shot taker type of dude, um, you know, I, I, I feel like he has that that clutch gene already. And so, like, that made me excited as, as well. Uh, one funny story, um, Tari Eason's mom actually showed up to where we were. Yeah. And so uh, she got a FaceTime call from Tari. And and Jabari just oh, wow. happened to be yeah Jabari just so happened to be right next right next to him and so he passed the phone over and so like everybody in in the group like apologized to Jabari because <laughs> <laughs> they were like yeah awesome. sorry bro yeah so you know a lot of people who were who were like questioning and they were down on them you know like saying yeah. stuff in group chats and stuff like that texting their friends man I don't know what's going on with Jabari. Uh, yeah, so they they actually apologized to that man, you know, over Facetime. So that was a pretty cool thing that happened. And, yeah. uh, he laughed. You know, he was on cloud nine. You saw how he acted after the game. He ran directly to KJ Martin. Yeah. Um, there was an interview. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this interview. And you talked about Tari Eason's yeah, past. Tari was like, "Hey, I used to be yeah. a quarterback." You know, so you know, coach, oh, yeah. yeah, coach drew the play up for me, and you know, like. The, the pass was beautiful. He, he he threw him open. You know, that's a football term. You know, your quarterback throws the receiver open. He kind of threw Jabari open, Jabari, and Jabari knocked it down. So that's kind of the first my first takeaway from the game. And then um, the thing, I mean, Tari is Tari, like you said. He also filled up the stat sheet, but we kind of expect that from him. Like you said, he has one speed. He has one gear. It's all out. It's uh, all gas, no brakes for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He dunked on that dude. Like, 
I, I don't remember who that was he dunked on, but I didn't feel bad for him. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been in the way. He, he needs to read the scouting report next time. He found, he found out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he found out big time. So like, um, and then, Oh, the block, I'm going to tell you, oh, he yeah. had two like eye popping plays. So the, the dunk, everybody's talking about the dunk, but Shaden Sharp, like if you're not familiar with Shaden Sharp, go watch some highlight. That dude has almost a 50 inch vertical leap yeah. and he's already like six, six foot six, six, six foot seven. And so he went up with bad intentions and Tari met him at the apex and like with both Two his hands. hand block. <laughs> yes. That was nasty. So, um, and then of course the man of the night, man, Amon Thompson, uh, before the game, I was kind of hyping up the, the Amon Thompson and scoop battle. And that, it was not disappointing. Like you said, that, that Spurs game was, was terrible in comparison. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. You, you're watching like the number one pick in the draft and the number two pick in the draft. And they look like they look terrible. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and you watched number three and number four, that was, and that was like must-see TV. They were kind of going back and forth. Uh, Scoot, like you said, he had a really big first quarter. He was knocking down shots. He was kind of getting to where he wanted to get on the floor. But the things about Amon Thompson's game, the little nuances to his game, um, really impressed me. I thought that he was being, being young, being a rookie in your first summer league game, going up against a guy who was drafted right at, right one pick in front of you. I expected him to come out and just kind of be wild and out of control, trying to prove that he should have went ahead of Scoot or whatever. And he just can't, he just kind of was in control. He was in full control. Um, He already seems like he knows, despite all of his like tremendous athletic gifts that we talk about all the time, him being six, seven uh, with a seven foot wingspan and having like, you know, over a 40 inch vertical, all of that stuff. But he came out and he played with pace. um, And, to the point where I was almost like, where is this uh, athleticism at? And then all of a sudden he would just turn it on and he would blow past his defender. Um, I was also impressed with his core vision. He seemed like he always had his head up. Uh, he had, he had like some, some um, throw, throw, throw ahead passes to guys who were like, I, I wouldn't even have imagined that he could even see that dude. And he kind of threw the ball up. He had a skip pass to, you know, guys in a corner. He had a little drop off pass while he was going down the baseline. Um, and, and he hit one guy with a pass so good, it almost hit the guy in the face. And I think he was credited with a turnover for that, unfortunately. But all around, I think it was a – oh, and like you say, he made a three-pointer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like out of everything that I did not expect to see him do, it was go uh, one for one on his threes. So um, I think he passed his first test with flying colors. Like I can't think of a whole lot that, that he could have done better. Um his defense looked really good. Like for him to finish the game with four blocks and three steals, in addition to like the five assists, I think he had five assists yeah. and however many rebounds he had. Like I don't know, I don't remember having a a guard fill up like every category in the in the in the box score like that. And so for him to be able to go out there with in, in conjunction with a guy like Tari Eason. Um, Dylan Brooks, they're just going to be really disruptive defensively. And so, like, I'm, I'm just – I'm super excited about what we saw with Amon Thompson. Um, I'm kind of wondering how long they're going to be able to leave him on the bench if he's going to – I know it's summer league. It's first game of summer league. But like I said, I'm going to overreact because, like, I just like I overreacted to uh, watching <laughs> watching uh, Victor Wimbiana be, be terrible, I'm going to, like, overreact to this. <laughs> but, like, I no, but seriously, he was the fourth pick in the draft, and, I, you know, he looked like he looked like everything that they advertised him to be. So I, I'm just kind of wondering: is he going to be able to uh, uh, be on the bench the whole season, or is he going to force um, 
Yudoka's hand and, and make him start him even. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like how are they gonna, you know, work how are they how are they gonna figure that out? Because you you sign Fred Van Vliet, you're not gonna probably at least his first year, you're not gonna bring Van Vliet off the bench, especially making forty million dollars a year. Right. That would be a hard pill for anybody to swallow. But what about their small forward position? Will you be able to work him in to where he's more of a point forward? I mean, if he because uh, I always go back to the story, but Shangun, when when people don't remember now, but when Shangun first was brought to the Rockets, a lot of people thought he was going to go to the summer league. He wasn't going to get, but he plays just so well that he forced their hand. And I mean, are we going to see that with Amin Thompson? Is he just going to play so well that they're going to just figure out a way to get him into that starting lineup, or like I said, maybe as a point forward? Um, it's going to be really interesting because, like I said, Fred VanVleet's not going to be coming off the bench. Um, I doubt they're going to be benching Jalen Green anytime soon. <laughs> so where do you fit Amin Thompson into that? But at least for now, at least, you know, he's on the right path. He's doing actually more than most people thought because nobody, nobody was really thinking like, man, he's going to stuff the stat sheet with all these different stats. I mean, that's not something that you see from a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys just want to go out there and just score, get their points. They're not worried about rebounding. They're not worried about passing out assists. They're definitely not worried about playing any defense. And it was another couple of times where – they switched, and he was guarding a big man in the post. And we've seen a lot of times, we even saw with some of the Rockets last couple of years, where when they're a guard switching over to a big man, they kind of just give like a halfway defensive effort, and they end up getting dunked on. But it was a couple of times that Alvin Thompson was staying right in there in the post, and he would not let that big man just you know overpower him and get an easy basket. So that's definitely something like small fans like that I love to see. And then he had the, he had the block on the other end. That's definitely great. But another thing that was really surprising was how he was able to drive to the basket and people were just falling off of him. I mean, we always – a lot of people were talking about uh, Scoot Henderson, and it's something we kind of talked about off the air, um, but how big Scoot Henderson is. He has an NBA body, but, I mean, Amin Thompson is 6'7". He is not a small guard. He is not a fragile guard that people are going to be able to push around. And we saw in that one fast break where he literally pushed home, dude. He, he didn't even really have to even use his off yeah. arm. It was just it's his momentum. He was able to knock guy halfway into the stands, and it was it was such a great play because he didn't extend his arm. And he, that's why he wasn't called for offensive foul. And that's that's something you definitely need. Um, something that Jalen had to eventually learn how to do was use his body and be able to absorb contact. We already seen that from Amin Thompson in his very first summer league game. So again, we're not overreacting, but this is things you will be able to. You can imagine yourself seeing. Once right. the regular season I, I feel like I can project some of the stuff that I saw him yeah. do. And, and, it, and, and, you know, he started the game against, I mean, that's Portland starting backcourt after they trade Damian yeah. Lillard. You know, that's Shaden Sharp and that's Scoo Henderson, who a lot of people think is going to be a, a multi-time all-star. Right. And so like he went out there and he, he, he did like everything that I expected him to do and, and, and then some. And so now I'm kind of thinking like, and now think about this, LaShart, <clears throat> you're coming off of the bench with Kevin Porter Jr., who started for you last year, who now is yeah. going to be able to play his natural position, Tari Eason and Amon Thompson. These three yeah. guys are coming off your bench. All three of those guys are capable of being starters on this team. So I, I think, man, I think our bench unit is just going to be one of, like if, if um, you know, if they take to coaching and they, and they play their roles and they do everything they're supposed to do, I think that's a unit that can actually come in and like, change some games because we we had some terrible benching units last year like we had horrendous yeah (laughs) like we had some bench units that came in and they we'd be in the game 
we might have a little bit of a lead. We might be have a small deficit or whatever. And those guys will come in and they, that's it. Game's over. Harrison Matthews, no disrespect, but <laughs> he was he was shoot the Rockets out of a lot of games. I mean, yes. Dacia Knicks, you know, again, no disrespect, but yeah, they had some bench units that were like once they came in, all right, the game was pretty much over at that point because the momentum would completely change. And like you said, that, and I don't think people think about it, but think about how the practice is going to be. Mm-hmm. You, you, re, you know, a lot of these times, you know, when you're practicing, you're not practicing against another team. You're practicing against your own team. So if you don't have that competition coming from your bench, how hard can you really practice? So now you're going to see like some really, you know, fierce battles between, you know, Ahmed Thompson and even Fred Van Vliet. And then you've got Kevin Porter Jr. playing with the second unit going up against some of the starters. So that's that's and also just going to prove they're practicing. And I didn't even – I forgot about Jay Sean Tate, who Sean I know, Tate, I know, yeah. I know we, he kind of fell out of favor. He didn't play very much last year. But, like, his rookie season with the Rockets, when the team was, was a more of a veteran team, he actually looked pretty good back then. Like, I think, I think yeah. we forget that when he was on a team and he was actually playing more of his role – Instead of like, you know, I think, I think point guard. <laughs> yeah, I think I think lately we've been like, you know, because we've had a bad habit of doing this, taking guys out of their natural comfort yeah. zone and natural positions and, and, you know, letting them play things that they're not as good at. So I think maybe now, I mean, if you like I said, if, if you got Amon who's playing point guard, you got KPJ, uh, secondary ball handler, uh, microwave scorer. Tari Eason does everything off the bench. And you have Jayshon Tate. I mean, you have a solid nine-man rotation suddenly. And I don't think you could say that. You could not, like, with a straight face say that last year. No. Yeah, absolutely. They've definitely improved. I mean, whatever you want to say about the deals and, you know, give them giving away second-round picks. You know, some of it's the fair criticism. But just overall, you can – I don't think there's anybody on earth – and I know that's how sometimes it's hard to get 100% agreement on anything on social media – but there's no way anybody can say that the Rockets aren't going to be a better team next year. Now, how much better, we don't know. But there's no way anybody can tell me that, you know, the Rockets aren't going to be a more competitive and actual basketball team on the court next year compared to what they've been in the last three seasons. So at the very least, we're going to see much better basketball on the court. And like you said, just going looking at their bench, how much better they're going to be. And I think one thing, just kind of circling back to the summer league, I think one reason Jabari struggled at the beginning was you saw it. They were trying to have him bring the ball up as much as possible. He was pretty much the point guard a lot of the first half, which was kind of weird to look at. But I mean, I guess when you're looking at summer league, you're you're not really worrying about, you know, running sets and doing this. You kind of just want players to work on certain things. And I think that's maybe another reason why Jabari was struggling because a lot of time he was the one bringing up the ball. We know that's not mm-hmm. Jabari's strong suit. So I think they were trying to get him to work on his ball handling. In the second half, they were like, okay, enough of that. You know, I mean, you run the offense, Jabari, you get in, mm-hmm. you know, the high post, and you saw the difference after that happened. What did you think about uh, Cam Whitmore's performance? That's like one person we haven't talked about very much. Yeah, so with Cam, I think, again, it was uh, he's trying to work out a lot of different things on the court at once. And you saw he took a lot of shots. Didn't make a lot of them, but he took a lot of shots. So he definitely has the confidence. But I just think overall – he is going to be the one player that's going to benefit the most from playing with the Vipers. Um, I know a lot of people are excited to see him play, but with the, all the names we just rattled off uh, a few minutes ago, he's not going to have a lot of playing time with the Rockets, and I don't think it really helps him to be sitting on the bench you know, watching other players get minutes, and he's getting a handful of minutes of garbage time. I don't think that's really going to help him. He's, like, extremely young. I mean, people don't realize that because, you know, they look at him like, oh, like, wow, he already has an NBA body. 
but he's like extremely young and he still has a lot of stuff to learn. 18 years old. 18 years old. So he has a lot to learn. So I think that him playing in the G League, being able to get 30 plus minutes a game, being able to work on his game, I think that's the absolutely best route for him right now. And then maybe at some point during the season, because you always have injuries, you always have, you know, players maybe not playing as well, then you can bring them back. But I, I think it was kind of as expected with Cam Whitmore because his game is not really being a one-on-one type of player, which a lot of times is what Summer League is about. So I expect him to actually have a better game coming up because I don't think that you're going to see as much of Jabari and Tari, and we know Amon's not going to be there. So Cam is probably going to be the number one option kind of going forward in Summer League. That's exactly what I was going to uh, say when you when you got done. I think now that, you know, we're probably not going to see any of those guys uh, or, or not very much more of them. Yeah. He's probably going to become suddenly the focal point of the offense. So I think we're yeah. going to get a better idea of, of who he is as a player right now. You know, as an 18-year-old, about to be 19-year-old. Uh, and it was kind of hard with, you know, and he got he got his shots up. But I, yeah. but um, I don't know. Some of them just didn't seem like they were in, like, a, a good flow. I don't think he was in a yeah. good rhythm. And then um, I saw – the, the only thing that I – I wasn't really worried about is shooting. The, the thing that I did not like that I saw him do was um, he he was bringing the ball up the court too, and there was one – there was one instant – there was one instance. Yeah. <laughs> there was one instance where Amon Thompson was ahead of him and had his hands ready for the for the mm-hmm. basketball. And I'm like, yeah. pass him the ball. That's the, that's the got, point guard. He had the tunnel the vision. Yep. Right. <laughs> pass him the ball. You know, run the court. He's going to get it back to you because that's what Amon does. And instead, he kind of made everything more difficult for for himself by, like, trying to, you know, dribble the ball up himself. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that possession ended up to be a very good possession. Uh, so, like, that's one thing I didn't like. And that was one of his knocks coming out was that his feel for the game was not that great. Um you know, his he had he had tunnel vision a few times where he could have made some passes. But I think yeah. those are things that that he can work on, like you said, down in the G League, because um, they they can put the ball in his hands and 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 like put him in more positions to where, you know, hey, yeah, we want you to score, but I also want you to make the right play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if you if you don't, um, you know, instead of forcing a shot, make the extra pass because I know. Uh, one thing that that Amy Adoka is known for is is getting guys to buy in. He did that with with Jason Tatum, and yeah. Jalen Brown, and and Marcus Smart buying into you know making that extra pass, making the right read. So, um, yeah, I'm all for him going down to to the G League and you know getting 30 minutes a game and then working on some of those things because I know he can dunk. I know we know yeah. he can jump out of the gym. I, I believe in his jump shot. It looks good. Um, so like that's another. I'm like like I said, I'm not really worried about the shooting. It's just like where you get your shots and knowing when to take the shot and when to pass it up and get it back. And so, like I said, those are all things that he can get better at. And I, I'm really looking forward to now, like kind of seeing, like I said, seeing what he can do when he's given a, a larger role and responsibility, because I think yeah. all the talent is there. He he can, to me right now, I think he could serve the role of a guy who just, you know, spot shoots, you know, you know, at a decent, decent percentage and, you know, slash to the basket. I think he would play well off of uh, and Goon. But, like, some of the his deficiencies I do think could hurt the team. He got to learn how to be a better defender. He has to learn how to, you know, not be a ball stopper. He was like, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing I'm looking for. Because, like, yesterday I felt like he was a ball stopper, and he needs to be more of a, a ball mover moving forward. Yeah, another thing we got to remember, you got to remember all, every summer league is that they're going to look totally different when they're playing with the actual regular 
starting lineup or regular rotation. I mean, we saw yesterday that for the first half, Amin Thompson wasn't really handling the ball a lot. He wasn't the point guard. And I think that kind of that kind of hindered a lot of the Rockets, you know, because they were kind of experimenting. But once you actually get, you know, in the summer, you know, training camp and then you get in the preseason, he's going to be playing with, you know, the Fred Van Vliet's and the Jalen Greens. He's going to be playing with other players where he's not going to have to do as much. Now, like you said, probably the beginning of the season, he's not going to really be with the big, big squad that much. But at least like during preseason, you'll be able to see him kind of play more of a minor role. So he doesn't have to do as much on the court as you do during summer league. Because summer league, everybody's trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to go out right. there and get their points and put up 30 shots. But when he's actually with the actual team that the Rockets will be putting on the court, then he can kind of just focus on just one thing. And that's the same thing with Jabari, even though he had a huge second half. We're not going to be seeing a lot of that when they actually play with Fred Van Vliet and, and Jalen Green and Alperen Shangoon. He's going to be more of a like a secondary third uh, scorer. So where he doesn't have to worry about, you know, bringing up the ball every single play or trying to get his own shot. He can focus on like particular things. And I think that's I think Jabari Smith's going to have a, a huge second season. And I think all the people that were kind of just <clears throat> losing their minds in the first half. I mean, it was it was amazing. You would think he was going to play for the Shanghai Sharks mm-hmm, after yeah. this game. The way people were talking about Jabari, and it was just like, did y'all not see him at the end of last year? I mean, he you saw the progress he was making. Um, so. I just think that he's going to have a, a big-time second year because I think he's going to be a lot even more focused. And I think you can't you can't underestimate how much of a difference. And, again, I'm, I was a big Coach Hollis person. But at the end of the day, you're going to see a big difference when it comes to the structure and what they bring on the court with M.A. And I think he's going to you know raise everybody's level of play, including Jabari's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I can't wait. So, like, I think uh, as far as, like, for the first summer league game, I, I, I would say, like, this was a great game. Like, I, yeah. I don't think you could ask for uh, any anything more than what we got yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, summer league is not typically something that, that we really get into watching because it's, it's, it's usually bad basketball. Let's just be honest. So. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, but we had like we had we like Tari had a great game. Ama had a great game. Um, Jabari had a great game. You know what I mean? And then I saw some flashes from Cam. Um, and like you said, like you made a you made a great point. Like Cam in a role is might look completely different than Cam. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to try to like, you know, get up 15 to 18 shots. And, yeah. you know, because I, I, I think right now, he, he, as young as he is, I like I said, I think he's capable right now of being a guy who you can swing the ball to who's going to be able to knock down open shots and a guy who can slash to the basket. And my question is, is he going to be able to defend? And and history would suggest that an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, probably when the season starts, is probably not going to be a – yeah, he's going to struggle on the defensive yeah. end. So I think uh, I think once he catches up defensively, I think he's going to, he's going to be a, a guy that, you know, they're going to have to find room for because he's that talented. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, it'd be good, like you said, to see him actually get more opportunities and kind of just work out a lot of things he's going to have to work on, you know, throughout this summer league. Uh, one thing before we wrap up the show, we absolutely have to talk about, and you, like you just mentioned, how great the Rockets and Portland game was. Well, that was a complete opposite for <laughs> the second game of the night where everybody was, you know, apparently everybody at ESPN was really anticipating that game with Victor Wimbiyama going up against Brandon Miller. Um, again, not to overreact. I think Victor Wimbyama, you know, much as a lot of Houston fans aren't crazy about him now, you know, which is understandable. But 
he'll be fine later down the road. I just think that the hype was ridiculous to begin with. He was mm-hmm. never going to come in and dominate. It's always harder for big men to come in and dominate um, these days, especially big men that aren't exactly good in the post. They don't dominate in the post. They're not like Shaquille O'Neal coming into the NBA. Um, they're players that he's more of a finesse type of player. He was always going to struggle. So he he went out there and only scored nine points yesterday. Look, he even said it. he didn't know he didn't seem to know what he was doing out on the court. And they have a picture that's going to be forever linked to him going yeah. forward that ESPN put out about him saying he didn't know what he was doing and he's falling on the floor. So that picture is going to be out there regardless of how Victor Wimbledon going forward. But what did you see in that game? Because first off, I had to mute it because ESPN Victor Wimbledon falls down. They were like, "That's the greatest." fall I've ever seen in my life. He goes to the bench. Oh, I've never seen a player walk to the bench like that. They were pretty much losing their mind on everything Victor Wembyama did, even though he had a horrible game. But what was kind of like your overall thoughts on that that second game, which was honestly like really pretty much a, a snoozer of a type of game. It was a terrible game. And the thing about Wimby, he has to get stronger. I know yeah. this was something this is this is a problem for a lot of prospects when they come in. But when you're that tall and we saw this with Yao before Yao gained strength. Like they will use your height against you because yep. your center of gravity is such to where being that tall has its advantages, but it also has its its disadvantages. And like I said, we saw that very you know we saw that firsthand. Yao Ming used to get guarded by guys who were way smaller than him, yeah. who had Push no business all over the court, and he, yep. and he fell so much. And <laughs> And y'all was way bigger. Y'all was way bigger than what Wimby is right now. So, yeah. and, and and the NBA was, I would say, they got away with more physicality down there in the post. And he's a post player. And Wimby is, you know, like we saw all the highlights of him shooting these uh, crossover step back three pointers. But what nobody ever really talked about was his three point percentage was not he that wasn't good. Wasn't good. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah so, they didn't show him missing the threes. We just saw him doing the hezzy tween. Exactly. And we're like, oh my God, this seven foot four guy is like crossing people up and, and shooting fadeaway, you know, step back threes and, and whatnot. But, you know, the full story is he's not actually good at that yet. So, yeah. if, and if he's going to be a perimeter player, um, and if that's going to be his game, he, he has not shown any like efficiency doing that. So, He's he he's gonna have a lot of work to do. The things I'm gonna give you some positives that I thought I, I think I think he had like five blocks. Um, I kind of yeah, knew he was gonna be able to do that. I mean, he has a freakish wingspan. He is he's huge. He's a he's a he's a huge like you know you know threat as far as like being able to shoot over him or whatnot. He, yeah. he can protect the basket. <clears throat> but I also saw he fell down so much. He got a pushed lot. around. He he got pushed around so much. Uh, so I'm worried about. Um, just in between now and I don't know what his body is going to become. And we had this discussion too, like with, with Holmgren. Um, these guys are just like these anomalies and there's yeah. not many guys who come into the NBA with, with these frames. So you don't really know until you, until you know, and we won't know for a while <laughs> what he's going to yeah. end up being. But like, like you said, like to crown him so soon, um, it was probably like saying he's going to be better than LeBron. Like I saw guys like on a, <laughs> on a show uh, who were saying like, if he has the career of Hakeem Olajuwon, 
that then his career is a failure. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I yeah, saw that it wasn't just Hakeem. Yes. They, they weren't just disrespecting Hakeem, but they were just naming all of these, uh, like, Hall of Fame, all-time great players who yeah. they were saying, like, nah, if, if Wimby has, like, you know, this this career, then his, you know, he he's, he's a disappointment. So he has a lot of pressure coming in already yeah. just from that alone. And then I just see him on the – and he also said something after the game, too, that he was tired. Um, he's gonna and I, and I'm wondering how is his conditioning that he just was playing basketball and not too long ago he was in the, like the finals for the league he was in so like people don't realize like and this is just the summer league these aren't even guys who are yeah, like not even traveling you know as much as the NBA travels you know yeah and this that's is just a whole new thing so he's going up against summer league quality players for one and he's not this is not the 82 game grind so yeah. I don't. I don't know what the future holds for for Wimby. Um, he has all the talent in the world. Yeah, he can be absolutely the best player in the NBA. But um, there is definitely there's there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, just one more quick thing on that. Just hopefully that helps people realize that there's a difference between being a great highlight player and being a great. NBA player. Not to say that he won't become a great NBA player, because like you say, he has all the talent in the world. But when you're only seeing him making shots, and people are not breaking down his actual game, because let's be honest, ESPN, a lot of these scouts, a lot of these people that do shows, I mean, let's be honest, they want to do it for engagement, and having Victor Wimbiama in the league brings a lot of engagement. So, they're not going to want to talk bad about him. Like They're not going to really break down this game, because even we saw it in the broadcast last night, I don't think there was one negative thing they said about Wimbyama, even mm-hmm. though he shot two for 13 from the field. Even the dunk when he got dunked on, they kind of just brushed it off and <laughs> they barely even talked about it anymore. And I, and I guarantee you, if it was the other way around <laughs> oh and he had God. dunked on Kai Jones, it would have been like, <laughs> it would have been a huge thing. It, it probably oh would have led off uh, Sports Center. Absolutely, they would have. So it's just like, you you got – that's the problem when these places like ESPN and everybody hype up these players so much. They're just setting them up for failure. They're setting them up for criticism, and they set them up for people calling them a bus, going way the other way with it. So that's why I always like to kind of just stay neutral. I'll just wait and watch him and see what he does because, like you said, when you're that size, it's really hard just to come in and just dominate, especially when you're not physically being able to – Yes, he's seven four. We get it, seven five, whatever he is. But he's like a hundred and ninety pounds, so he's right. not going to be dominating people down in the post like a Shaq was doing, even like a Joel Embiid was doing once he finally started playing. That's just not his type of game. He's not going to be able to be crossing over NBA players like he was doing in 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 the in the French league because it's a different type of athlete. So he's going to have to adjust his game, and that's going to take a while for him to adjust and be able to get used to playing against NBA players who are just as fast as him, maybe not as tall, but just as fast and can get up and jump just as high as him, even at seven, four. So, you know, again, it's just, it's going to take time. And if he's not going to be an inside player and he's going to like be a perimeter oriented player, he has to shoot better, right? 25% is not going to cut. (laughs) He's going to have to shoot better. And I I mean, I think he can, and like, I don't see any, his arms are so long that always like, I don't know. Like Kevin Durant was a, was a person who kind of like made me rethink that. But like I know that sometimes guys who have like extremely large hands, sometimes like or or extremely long arms, a lot of times they kind of struggle. Yeah, um, shooting form is all. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of throws you out of whack. And his arms are like you. You seen that man is like <laughs> that man is like all arms and legs. 
But if he's going to be like a guy who's out there and he wants to be like a supersized Kevin Durant, you know, because that's kind of what he tries to play like to me. And he, he he's out there like, uh, you know, doing all of this stuff with the dribble and then he wants to pull up. He's going to have to give He's going to have to be way more efficient at that if he's going to reach these these heights that people have already uh, placed for him. And then I will also say um, one one positive, another positive other than what I brought up earlier about him being able to guard the basket was his passing. I thought his passing was a lot better than than advertised. Um, we never saw like passing highlights from him. I just saw like, you know, I just saw him doing all these crazy dribble moves and these crazy, okay. you know, step extras. But I never really saw like uh, some passes. But he had some really like nifty, nifty like dimes yesterday. And, and some of his teammates kind of messed him up. Um so I don't know. Like I, I do want people to understand. Like I'm not a. I, I don't hate Wimby. I'm not like wishing for his downfall or anything like that. Um, like you said earlier, though. Like when when you put like um, when you already anoint people and crown people, it's just kind of natural that like people then start to kind of swing the pendulum in the opposite direction, and and it's kind of like okay, you know, y'all need to slow down, pump pump the brakes, so to speak, and. Um, you know, he 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 definitely he he's got a, he got a lot of stuff to work on. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it's just going to take time. But uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, I want to ask you one quick thing: What are you expecting, or what do you want to see in tomorrow's game? We really don't know as far as how much Jabari and Tari are going to play. If they're going to play a full game tomorrow, and we pretty much know that Amen, unfortunately, is not going to be able to play against his brother tomorrow as they play the Pistons tomorrow evening but what do you want to see from the Rockets going uh forward uh tomorrow and kind of just the rest of the summer league I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you with I'm in if he, if he doesn't play anymore like my interest in the summer league is gonna drop a lot <laughs> because it's I gonna be, like, no Trevor Hudgens that's it no nah, I mean like <laughs> I, I, I like him he can shoot but I'm shoot. not yeah. I wanted to see I'm in run an offense right that was kind of like the main thing I know what Jabari yeah. can do um exactly. it was it was cool to see him like dominate the summer league because I feel like he yeah, should yeah. be doing that. It was cool to watch Tari dominate the summer league, but I feel like he should be doing that. So I, I honestly only wanted to see Tari and Jabari playing with Amon because yeah. I wanted to see him like, you know, have, you know, I wanted to get like a preview of what we, of a lineup that we might see during the regular season instead yeah. of a bunch of guys who I know probably aren't going to even make the, make the, make the roster. Right. So yeah. like if Amin's not playing, and then if if Jabari and Tari, you know, play one more game, great. But that's kind of what I was looking forward to seeing. So moving forward, um, I don't even know who the who they're gonna run at point guard at this point, and actually like it's probably know. gonna be Trevor Hudgens, honestly, because they don't really have a lot of point guards on their roster outside of them too. So, so yeah, it'll I definitely... want to see Whitmore. Like, give me Whitmore. I want Whitmore yeah. to get up about 20 shots a game. <laughs> yeah, have that 40 might as well. Yeah, it can't hurt anything. Yeah, just I want to see what be, he can bring. I want him to be under control. I want them to kind of like coach him up to like, hey, this is what we want you to do. So I don't want to, I don't want it to be like 20, uh, like out of control. Like I'm just chucking it up as soon as I touch it yeah. stuff. But like, yeah, let him be like the number one option on offense, and I, I'll watch if if they if they do that. Or maybe Nate Hidden, maybe give him some time. Oh, you know, you know what? Like, yeah, so maybe he him. can catch on with another team. You know, that would be something that good to see. But like, yeah, like you said, if Amin's not there, that kind of does put a damper on it because we all, let's be honest, we all want to see Amin. We know what Jabari and Tari, we know what they're gonna do. You know, that that's not really a surprise. But we really all want to see Amin's, but. 
end of the day, I guess, you know, we'll just have to settle for, you know, some other players and see how it plays out. Yeah, let me get a let me get a Cam Whitmore 30 piece uh, or something like that, and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that plays out because we're getting the Rockets play again tomorrow versus Detroit. Um, they take them on tomorrow, so we'll see who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. Uh, but again, make sure you check out. We have this show dropping today. We have another special show with Nate Griffin of Fox 26 dropping tomorrow. That was a great show. A lot of great uh, stuff that I've never even heard of as long as I've been following the Rockets that he brought up from some of the 90s Rockets. So that was it was a great time talking with him. Um, so make sure you check that show out. That's going to be dropping uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, but again, we appreciate everybody supports us every single episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and notify notification for us so you can check out all the new videos we have uh we'll be having some player breakdowns coming up this off season because as we know once summer league stops it's going to be a pretty much a lull in the action when it comes to the nba so we're going to be still having a lot of great content and also make sure next week well, we will be having uh the voice of the houston rockets craig ackerman will be joining us here on rocket fuel podcast so we are absolutely looking forward to that so again make sure you hit that subscribe button and appreciate all the support and make sure you check out the next episode of Rocket Fuel Podcast.